0: Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space. Oh, oh, slips no, no, no. a tackle. And there he goes. Crowder. It's a foot race. And Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit, hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and <laughs> the q Oh, my gosh. Thank you.
1: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And it's time for midweek news and notes. So for that, we bring in our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris. I was joking with you before we started recording, but man, normally there's not this much news in the middle of the week, in the middle of the season, but today, there's plenty of news to talk about. Unfortunately, not all of it is good.:
0: It's kind of ironic how it is, because like after a game like that, it's like, do we, need, we don't really need explanations. Like like what do what you talk? Like there's too much here. It's kind of like if you got if you walk into like a house or a room or something and it's just like a gigantic mess, such a big mess that it's like I don't even know where to start. <laughs> that's that's what trying to talk about uh, last week, uh, last Sunday against the Patriots is. I don't even know where to start. So why even try? It, it's awful. Uh, you know, do the old Rex Ryan burn the tape type of thing, bury the football. Who cares? Just, just move on. Because, like, everything was bad. Uh, But they decided to go the opposite route and just throw all the information out as as immediate, as soon as possible. Just overwhelm us with a bunch of stuff. And, you know, um, some of it's nonsense in there. Some of it uh, is is very much not nonsense. It makes perfect sense. But it kind of falls on deaf ears at this point. Um, So, yeah, it's just like an overload of information but about something that, yeah, okay, whatever. It was just awful all around. I, I don't need to, the specifics of the how and the why because then that's going to lead me to, well, okay, what we're wrong on that next play and then the play after that. And then it, we're just going to spend 17 years going through everything that went wrong in this game.
1: Top story, of course, is that we knew Zach Wilson left the game with an injury. We knew there was a good chance he was going to miss some time. And now it appears that it's going to be two to four weeks due to a PCL injury. So Wilson gone the next couple of weeks. We're going to get into a move that the Jets made because of that. But first, I guess if we're looking on the bright side, it could have been a lot worse. He'll probably be back sometime around Thanksgiving, if I were to guess. Maybe a little bit before. So missing a couple of weeks here is not the end of the world. And I guess maybe in some respects... If you want to be an optimist about this, you could look back to what happened with Sam Darnold when he missed some time with that injury his rookie year, came back and finished the season strong. So maybe taking a break will help him. But of course, one thing that you just can't get away from is that this entire season, more or less for Jets fans, was about watching Zach Wilson's development and him not being out there the next couple of weeks is going to make it a lot more difficult to sit through these games.
0: Yeah, well, this is the thing. So it depends on how long he's out on uh, how you're going to take that optimistic approach or whatever. Because, you know, if if it's closer to the two weeks, then I, then I am a staunch believer that this could end up being a good thing for him in the long run. I'm just a proponent of this type of stuff in life in general. When you're just – it's just not working. Whatever it is you're trying to do. Like, for me, a good example as a writer is just I'm sitting there trying to write – and i i'm searching for a word a specific word it's right there on the tip of my tongue and the more i try to bang my head against the wall and do it and be like it's right there could just come out with it the more i'm just going to be getting stuck going around in circles when i can find a way to just walk away and actually get my brain distracted the second my brain is legitimately distracted the word comes right back into my mind oh boom that's the word i'm looking for um Right now, Zach Wilson is is not good. There's just no two ways around it. It's just not good. Now that doesn't mean that he can't be a uh, good uh, eventually. That doesn't even mean that he can't be good, decent to good by the end of the season. But right now, it's just been bad. Uh, there's other reasons that contributing into him being bad. But right now, he's just simply not good enough and especially to start the game, they're having so many problems. Again, not all on him, Uh, but it it just feels like so much just banging your head against the wall. You need to just... It it can be good to take a step back, relax, catch a breather, not have so much pressure, be able to look at things without having to like have an immediate answer in that moment and rush through all this stuff. So it, it can... Anytime time you can get a chance to take a break and re- reset, um, especially if there's pressure involved, I think that can be a really good thing. And you could be listening to this saying, what do you mean? He just had a break. He just had the bye week. And yeah, okay. But he's still sitting there thinking during the bye week, I need to get this fixed so quick. I need to get this fixed so quick. And now he's got something else. He's got to rehab that, uh, the leg. He's got to get that right. So he's got to worry about something else for a little bit that can let his brain get distracted enough. Um, you know, we, so much of our brain and what our brain does is done subconsciously. Um, and so if he can free up some space in his brain by not focusing so much and going to something else, I do think that can be a help in the long run. But, You know, obviously, if this goes closer to the four to six weeks, then that might, that's not going to be as good because I am also a believer that, you know, there's only so much you can do away from playing on the field. You do need the live reps uh, to improve and get better. Uh, So you're going to need to see that. Uh, But yeah, it's just, and maybe, maybe this is good for the team. Maybe everybody else can reset. Uh, and, and just calm down and then he can come back in and everything can be a little bit smoother. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe having a, you know, a veteran presence in there to run the offense can help get everything settled and situated with the rest of the offense. Then when Zach's ready to come back that the offense won't be making quite as many mistakes and that can help things get going. Of course, like you said, that is the optimistic uh, point of view. But I don't think if we're talking a short amount of time, I don't, this is, isn't going to hurt. Um, it's like I was saying before the season that I've started to come around to the idea of maybe just not play rookie quarterbacks no matter what right away. Uh, because as much as, okay, we can debate whether it'll help or not. I don't think it hurts to just have them sit and watch for a little bit. So this this isn't going to hurt if it's short. I I think it might be able to help, but it could also very well have no effect whatsoever. He could come back and end up being the exact same person. So however you want to look at it, but uh, you know, obviously the jets and fans have to try to put as much optimistic spin on as possible. Play like a jet. Play like a
1: jet. Let's talk about the corresponding move. The jets made. They went out and they got Joe Flacco back. Joe Flacco, who was the backup for Sam Darnold last year under Adam Gase is now back in the fold. He'll be the backup, I guess, when Wilson comes back and eventually the starter, and that's where this gets confusing. I want to take this apart in two different ways. The first thing I'm going to say is that I don't hate the move. Now, people went crazy about it saying, why are you giving up a draft pick for the ghost of Joe Flacco? But the reality is, Chris, you and I have talked about this before, You've got a very young roster, a lot of young offensive talent, and you want a competent player at quarterback so that you can fairly evaluate what you have here. You want Elijah Moore to continue to develop. Maybe this helps Denzel Mims get on the field more because we know that Joe Flacco and Denzel Mims had a pretty solid connection last year when they played together. Hopefully the coaching staff watches that tape and comes to the conclusion that putting Mims out there with Flacco would be a positive You've got Michael Carter. You could go on and on down the line. They've got a lot of young talent that needs to be able to show what they can do. And so having somebody competent like Flacco does that in a way that Mike White most likely would not have. Getting that out of the way, let's get to the negatives here. The negative, first and foremost, is that this should have never had to happen. What I mean by that is everybody pounded the table all offseason saying, got to get a veteran quarterback in here for the Jets. Some people said that Zach Wilson needed a voice in the quarterback room, and I'm sure that that helps, having a mentor or whatever. But the main reason is because if this happened, which is obviously a major risk with anybody because this is the NFL and it's a collision sport, you wanted to make sure that you had somebody in the wings to do exactly what we just said – help these young players develop, and be able to show what they can do. They didn't do that. They swore that they loved Mike White. They had Josh Johnson. Now they go out and they get Flacco, so they give up a draft pick they didn't have to give up because they could have signed Flacco or somebody else months ago and avoided this. Also, why is Mike White here? If you don't really actually believe in him as a backup – Then why was he the backup? If you're then gonna go and pivot right away to go get somebody else the second that Zach Wilson gets hurt. Also, Josh Johnson's been on the practice squad. We've heard because he's an experienced quarterback they could maybe use in a pinch. Well, clearly they don't believe in him either because again they went right out and got Flacco as soon as they had a problem here. And then of course there's the other issue. Chris, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, but Flacco's not even gonna play this Sunday against the Bengals because he's got to be brought up to. Speed on the system and the playbook, and all of that. If he had been here the whole time, that wouldn't be an issue. He could have stepped right in and started. So, all of these things show you that Joe Douglas and Robert Salah and Mike LaFleur and all the decision makers and the New York Jets front office and coaching staff had a very poor plan here in place for if something happened to Zach Wilson. They basically decided, "Ah, screw it, we'll go into the season with Wilson. Nothing will happen, no big deal. I doubt he'll get hurt. Well, okay, this is the NFL, like we said, Chris, before we started recording. The odds of you getting hurt at some point are reasonably high because this is a collision sport where guys like Matthew Judon are going to be smashing you to the ground on a fairly regular basis. So Joe Douglas did a terrible job Of having a contingency plan in place For if his starting quarterback went down And because of that It forced him to go out And make a corresponding move Giving up a draft pick He didn't have to give up And now Joe Flacco can't even play In this game Against the Cincinnati Bengals So if Wilson is out for two weeks Then that sort of negates The whole purpose of him being here Although As I said on Twitter, and I think people are underrating this aspect of it, Zach Wilson very well could get hurt again. So having Flacco here, if that does happen, is good, but it would have been even better if he was here from the get-go because they wouldn't have had to get him up to speed. So, Chris, I'm glad they didn't double down, and I'm glad they did admit their mistake better late than never. And yeah, giving up a 6th rounder that could become a 5th rounder It's not the worst thing in the world But it's also not ideal because it's a draft pick They didn't have to give up But really, the biggest negative here Is that the front office and the coaching staff Showed that they just had no plan in place And to me, that's kind of inexcusable There's no reason why they shouldn't have Taken care of this months ago When they could have done it Without giving up a draft pick And without causing all this upheaval Yeah,
0: so, you know Listeners of the show know one of my favorite things to lean on is process over results, right? Mm -hmm. This is just bad process Mm -hmm. all the way through and through. Every step of the way, it was bad process. Mm -hmm. And I've been very complimentary of Joe Douglas since he's taken over about his approach to things and saying he process over results. He's going about things the right process. This was every step of the way just bad process and and it's not just that bad process like that we identified it right at the beginning that it was bad process even though we did it's worse worst prog- process by the second something goes wrong everything that they said just disappeared you know the mike tyson quote everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth they got punched in the mouth. They threw the entire plan out. Now, all of a sudden, what is Mike White do, even doing here? Uh, and go get Joe Flacco, but he can't even play yet. And then all this, why is Josh Johnson here? Because Mike White, you're holding on to Mike White. You're holding a roster spot for Mike White just so the the second that Zach Wilson gets hurt, you you – Go find somebody else, somebody else that you could have found and could have been here the entire time. I just feel like they, the biggest thing was they didn't want a veteran in there uh, in training camp because they didn't want to either have to give the veteran uh, snaps, uh, a bunch of first-team reps or snaps, or didn't want us, the reporters, badgering and asking – if the, for this backup veteran is going to get first-team reps. I, I feel like that's the only thing that you can say that that's why they didn't do this now. Because, as you mentioned, this, the NFL, man, they just added an extra game on top of this. Any player, you can't really bet on them to make it through a season without getting hurt, let alone a quarterback, let alone a rookie quarterback who's probably a little more likely to get hurt because... You know they don't know how to protect themselves quite as well. They don't know how to read the pressures and cover issues quite as well. Get themselves in more trouble. Be a little more reckless. So the idea that you were just gonna roll the dice on hey hey I this guy's not gonna get hurt. It's not gonna be a problem. That's absurd. So and but that is obviously what they did because they kept telling us how much they believed in Mike White and Mike White this and Mike White that. But the second that they get an opportunity, it's, okay, now we're going out and getting Flacco. Um, It's just a whole bunch of reacting in the moment. And, yeah, who cares? Give a fifth round that could be a sixth round pick, no big deal, except that they could have done this beforehand. And they could have had a, a Flacco or another quarterback ready so that they'd be able to play this week. And they could have even played, uh, taken over immediately and and come in for the game uh, against the Patriots. It's just every step of the way this was wrong, and then they admit it immediately after the fact. And you're right. Uh, You know, even though Mike White looked better than I I expected that he would have, But still, I need to see this offense. I need to see uh, the offensive line. I need to see Elijah Moore. I need to see what else other uh, people can do. We need to see if they can give Denzel Mims the more reps, although I'm skeptical that that, that this coaching staff is ever going to do that inexplicably. But we need to see if, somebody who knows how to run an NFL offense can run this NFL offense with these players and be able to evaluate them. So it is a, a good thing that the result is they finally got a competent uh, backup quarterback to play, but man, every single step of the way they botched this, they botched it, they botched it, they botched it. And again, you know, coach speak. The coaches lie. It's part of the business. GMs lie. It's part of it. I'm not criticizing them for doing it, but the second that they got punched in the mouth, the second Zach Wilson said. everything got exposed is just total nonsense and it's just a complete waste they wasted our time with james morgan all training camp and then they're wasting our time with mike white just to be like okay yeah you're right he's not good enough now so what why why is he here why couldn't you just realize this very obvious fact from the jump um I know they always want to try to develop some guys, but man, you're trying to do too many things. You're trying to juggle too many balls in the air. You take those chances on trying to develop uh, another quarterback when you already have some stuff set on the roster. There's so much uh, moving parts of this roster, so many things here. Rookie offensive coordinator, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback Stop trying to worry about developing a quarterback for four years down the line Worry about getting this team right for this season
1: Indefensible incompetence when it comes to the process here As my friend Chris Moore of WFAN said, I think he nailed it pretty well Let's go through some of the quotes, Chris Because as you said, man, they threw a lot of stuff at us For the beginning of the week Robert Salah spoke and confirmed that Jamie Sherwood is out for the year There's another blow to the Jets Quincy Williams has a concussion Tevin Coleman's got a hamstring injury Blake Cashman's got a groin injury I've said this before, I have no idea why they don't just cut Blake Cashman already, the guy never plays And when he does, he's not any good Jets are hoping C.J. Mosley can practice Jared Davis can practice this week Salah didn't seem overly confident In Davis playing this week though Salah was also asked if the Jets would add another QB. And then he said, that's a question for Joe Douglas. Well, guess what? That question got answered because they went out and got Joe Flacco. Salas said, there's not much to be said after you get punched in the mouth like that. Looking at this quote now, Chris, it cracks me up because it obviously isn't true. We have a lot of faith in Mike White, Salah said, as far as going forward. So it just goes to show you never trust anything a coach or a front office executive tells you because they'll say something out of one side of their mouth and then their actions speak a lot louder than words. Jets bringing in some linebackers for workouts because Hamza Dean is still a week away. Mosley may not be able to go this week. Davis is still out as of right now. Quincy Williams in concussion protocol, and Cashman hurt again. Sherwood out for the year, so at this point, Chris, you and I may have to suit up at linebacker. Ty Johnson was asked about Mike White. He said, come on now, he's a stud. Apparently, the Jets front office disagrees. Bryce Hall said the Jets beat themselves against the Patriots. By no means is this season done, Bryce Hall said. Also said the difference between the Jets last year and this year is the people in the building. I guess there had to be some difference, right? Michael LaFleur said the reason for running on the first two plays of the game was to ease Zach Wilson into it. They felt they were good runs against the Patriots' defense. Well, they went three and out, so they weren't really that good. LaFleur also said the offense was a struggle in San Francisco too at times before players learned the system. Once they did, it started clicking. Right now, we're not getting the execution we need in the first quarter. Lafleur said after being asked about the Jets not scoring a single point in the first quarter of games this season. Yeah, you don't say, Mike. Zero points in the first quarter in six games, and you're telling us the execution isn't good. Really? Okay. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Lafleur also said the reason the Jets ran up the middle on that fourth and one was because of how wide the Patriots' defense was. They just weren't able to execute. Said he understands that he sounds like a broken record. He does indeed, by the way, sound like a broken record. So fact check true on that one from Mike LaFleur. Said the fact the Jets still aren't executing despite talking a lack of execution the entire season is very alarming. Believe success is coming, though. Well, you better believe it, Mike, because if the success doesn't start coming at some point, you're going to be out of here. Jeff Ulbrich also spoke, said he's embarrassed and angry when he thinks about what happened, said it tore him apart watching his defense allow 54 points. It can't happen again, and he promises that it won't happen again. Well, better not happen again, Jeff Ulbrich, because if it does, You may be on the unemployment line with Mike LaFleur by the end of the season. Obrick said the Jets had a very honest meeting. Said it was mostly him talking, but Foley Fatakasi and other guys spoke as well. Said the Jets are fine giving up underneath throws like screens. Problem is when those throws become explosive, as they did on Sunday. No kidding. So... In other words, I guess Ulbrick's okay with giving up screens for a few yards, but when they become 40-yard touchdowns, then it's a problem. You don't say. So that sums up everything that was said during the presser. I think the funniest stuff on top of Ulbrick and Lafleur's Captain Obvious routine is the multiple quotes that were said about Mike White and how the Jets believe in him and how he's a stud and all that. And then within like a few hours of those comments being made, Joe Douglas goes out and gets Joe Flacco. So clearly... Joe Douglas does not agree with the Mike White is a stud evaluation. What are your thoughts on everything that was said by Bryce Hall, by Ty Johnson, by Robert Sala, Mike LaFleur, and Jeff Ulbrich?
0: Yeah, this is uh, sometimes uh, this job puts you in positions that yeah, you you really kind of hate because, like, I'm listening to Ty Johnson, and my immediate reaction is like, "Come on, Ty, what are you doing?" But then I also immediately say, "Well, you, I know what he's doing. He's just being a good teammate." It's that simple. That's exactly what he's supposed to do. What he's supposed to say. It sounds ridiculous. We know it's ridiculous, but he—he's being a good teammate. He's—he's he's trying to talk his guy up, and he had nothing to do with them going and getting Flacco, and didn't know it was going to happen. So he's just trying to support his guy and talk his guy up, being a good teammate. Uh, you know, people are going to clown Ty Johnson for that, but that—that's what he should do. He's being a great, good teammate. Uh, you know, now Salah talking about it. Where and then uh, we have faith. He probably had already had some talks with Joe Douglas. He probably knew he had to know that. Yeah, OK, we're probably going to try to do something here because White, Mike White's not going to cut it. Um, Again, something that we've talked about all throughout training camp. We knew
1: Chris, if I could channel Adam Sandler on this one from The Wedding Singer. Things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Yes.
0: Yes, this is all uh, like again. We we pointed this out over and over again. This is it shouldn't have been a surprise. Uh, the you know the the whole wanted to ease Zach Wilson into the game. I, I I hate that quote. I hate that quote. Everything else around that. Everything else in that quote. I, I'm fine with and I agree with. That line specifically, man, do I hate that quote, but everything else he's, they, you know, yes, you can't, you don't, we talk about just run, run, pass and how bad that is. But you can't get into a habit where it's just pass, pass, run or pass, run this. So you do have to mix it up. And he hasn't just started every game with run, run, pass. Uh, They've tried different combinations and those just aren't working here too. And okay, he had uh, two uh, run plays drawn up that he thought would work and they just didn't work because they weren't able to execute the blocks. Uh, But then this goes into the whole fourth and one thing and... There, there's some things here with before where my criticism and we go back to I he talked a lot about this that he's having trouble uh basically communicating it to his players the players aren't getting it um uh, and they're they're having trouble especially the beginning of games but the the fourth and one thing he said that you know they uh the they were in a wide setup. Man, when you're talking about the Patriots here, they baited you into that. That was a setup. This is happening too much. It's been happening too much. Uh, It's happened to the defense. It's been happening to the offense. They baited you into that. That's all that was. And then also, they baited you into that because they said we can show a wide look here and bait them into running with Greg Van Roten and Connor McGovern, and we're going to be able to make this up and stuff them before they can get there and sure enough that's exactly what they did they baited them into it and then they said these guys still are so bad that we're going to give you this huge lane and still close it on them and at this point LaFleur has to recognize that you can't if you need a yard it can't be Greg Van Roten. Can't you have to go as far away from him as possible? He is a huge weakness in there. You have to shy away from this type of stuff. You're A part of being a coach and a coordinator and calling plays is knowing enough of the strengths and weaknesses of your own roster to know, okay, we can't do this because this part of the the team isn't good enough yet, and this is going to you know take time that you need to have a more complete roster to do that but you have to be able to identify those weaknesses in your own team and know you can't do that the patriots baited them into it and and they took it and they were still so bad that's that's on him and to his credit he is saying you know at this point it it doesn't matter if it's execution or not it, execution is still a coach problem and at, at, at this you know the first couple weeks of the season I, I was very much like okay it seems the floor is over his head but if the players just executed this looks a lot differently and we're not criticizing the floor and that's fine the first couple weeks with brand new system brand new team and everything we're talking this far into it f af- just after coming off a bye, now, at this point, it's, it's on him just the same. If you can't be an effective teacher, I don't care how good your ideas are. So and there is all you can look back in uh, Shanahan's history and also the history of that uh, system being implemented everywhere else there there does some rough patches at the beginning it does take a little bit longer to click in because of how complicated and how uh everything is based off one step two step next step and then keep going it's like a progression in there but again he's mentioned it sound like a broken record you are a broken record and at the end of the day nobody nobody cares about why uh, you can only do why for so long a couple of weeks at the end of the day. It's just the results are the results, and they're not simply not good enough.
1: Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com, and above all that, a very big deal. Thanks so much for coming on and talking through the midweek news with me. Really appreciate it. Check out everything Chris is doing at jetsinsider.com. Follow him on Twitter. At Jets Insider and at CNimbly And check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. New all 22 Videos coming out this week on the Channel courtesy of the Thunder from down Under Luke Grant. So make sure that You check those out and subscribe to our channel If you haven't done so already. Also Check out our store at tpublic.com. That's TeePublic.com. That's T-E-E Public.com. We've got The Zach Says Go Long shirt with Zach Wilson pointing before he threw The pass to Corey Davis. that. 50 plus yard touchdown pass in the Titans game. We've also got the bless you, thank you shirt with Quentin Williams and John Franklin Myers. Our artist is Luke Grant's significant other, Alex, who does phenomenal art. And you can check her out on Instagram at underscore can I be Frank. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.